It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my friends. It is so good to be with you today. And, uh, you know, I am so fortunate that I have met one of the biggest hell raisers that ever came out of Van Cleve, Mississippi. Her name is Jen. Hey, Jen, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Uh, you submitted your story because a friend had told me about you, but you're a little hell raiser and we'll get into that in just a little bit. But uh, how are you? I'm blessed. I'm very blessed today. I'm blessed to be alive, actually. Isn't that the truth? Well, let's start in the beginning. Where did Jan grow up? Tell us a little bit about your early days. Okay. Well, I was actually born in Texas, um, Corpus Christi, Texas. and We won't hold that against you. <laughs> Bless it. Um, I was going to tell you what year, but I try to tell people I'm only 21. So um, then I, was, I moved to Ocean Springs when I was six. And I went to school there and decided to move myself to Van Cleve much longer. Don't hold that against me either. Um, but where I grew up was Ocean Springs with my family. Um, most of my life moved in and out with my parents being divorced, moved in and out between California, Texas, Mississippi a lot. But um, really raised in Ocean Springs a lot. My addiction, though really started at a young age. What age? 11. Wow. 11 years old. I think of a, a beautiful young lady like you playing with Barbies and going to dance recitals and cheerleading, but, uh, drugs enticed you at 11. How, how were you introduced to it? Well, actually I started drinking first. I was drinking at age 11. Um, what were you drinking? <laughs> screwdrivers. <laughs> that was my first drink. Um, I really didn't start drugs until, um, it, you know, drinking was okay as long as I never started drugs. And that was what I was told. Not of course by my mother. My mother was, she was never okay with alcohol or drugs. You know, she was very, my mother was a very good mother. Um, I was always told it was okay. As long as I don't do drugs, we can drink. Um, I had alcohol poisoning at age 15. And then I started doing drugs at age 16, and I started off pretty strong. I was doing acid um, and cocaine by, at, at, at 16. 16. Now, were you in school? Oh, yeah. I was in school. So you're going to school, doing uh, uh, social studies and English and all this at the same time, uh, high as a kite. High as a kite. It was wow. fun. <laughs> did, the teach, did the teacher know that mm -mm. something was different? No, of course not. I mean, I really didn't. Um, it, it didn't get out of hand until I really got out of school and I was trying to live on my own. Um, I did. It was like an extracurricular activity. You know, I didn't bring it to school. I brought alcohol to school. I was, I, you know, I brought that to school in my cup. But um, wow, drugs were just on the weekend type of thing. Now, were a lot of kids doing it, or were you the lone ranger with your screwdriver in a cup? <laughs> um, I was definitely not a lone ranger because, you know, all my friends got drunk. All my friends got drunk. You know, I didn't really hang out with nobody that didn't. We oh. all, you know, I mean, if you didn't get drunk, I didn't see no use in you being my friend. 
when you submitted your story, you said this, I have lived on the street. I have sold my body, apartment, car, and soul to addiction of every kind. What a statement. It's the truth. So what happened? When I got out of high school, um, I tried to start college, but of course, you know, I was already out there. Um, So college didn't go so well for me. And then I got pregnant at an early age. You know, I was 18 years old and I got pregnant with my daughter. And by the time I was 19, I was already living on the street, you know, um, literally. With your daughter? Mm -hmm. She was two months old and we were sleeping in my car. So I called her father and I said, hey, look, give me a little bit of time and I'll be back to get her. But right now she's sleeping in a car. And he said, hurry up. I don't want a kid. So hurry up and come back and get her. And I said, no worries. I will. Um, It was a couple months went by and I went back to get her and he told me I wasn't allowed on his property. So I right then lost my daughter. Within those months, though, I was sleeping on park benches. I was sleeping at McDonald's benches. I was I was sleeping where I could sleep. Was Uh, it still acid and drinking? Oh, it was everything. It was anything I could get my hands on. Cocaine, meth. You ever do heroin? That was the only drug I never put my hands on. But at the end, I was so deep in my addiction, I started to get like I would call my family, my brother. He was he was like my addiction partner. And I called him and he was like, you don't want this. And I was like, yes, I do. That was in the end of my addiction right before I lost everything. Wow. So you're addicted, going crazy on drugs, sleeping on park benches, and you get low uh, on cash, it says here you had to sell your body, yes. your apartment and your car. Well, the apartment part comes later on in life, but yes, at the age of 19 years old, I became a prostitute. Um, and I would sell my body just to get my next fix or to get a bed to sleep in. Like I would sell my body and say, Hey, can I sleep in your bed tonight now? You know what I mean? Like I sold my body for the lowest of prices just so I could, have a meal to eat, um, have my next fix, have a bed to sleep in that night, anything to help me for just 24 hours. So are you getting a reputation of around course. the community? So people are looking for you because, you know, you look good and, uh, you know, and a lot of people out there looking for a good time. Yes, sir. So when you woke up in the morning and you looked over and said, where did that guy come from? Uh, <laughs> did, did any regrets or is that just the price you pay to be the, a drug addict? It's the price you pay, you know? Um, and many a times I didn't think like I didn't want to think. So I wake up in the morning and I have, you know, a story I always talk about is um, I stay drunk. I wake up and I didn't go to bed if I didn't have a bottle in my back pocket so when I woke up, I could start drinking all over again. So I didn't have to think, you know, it just started all over the next day. I wake up, start drinking and planning. How am I going to get high today? How am I going to get high today? How am I going to get high? You know, I wake up when in my young days that day and I was trying to think, how do I make some money today in my business? And you're waking up and how do you get high today? But you got to, you have to become a businesswoman because mm-hmm. you have to have money to support the habit. Yes, sir. Wow. So, uh, and this went on every day, 365 days a year for how many years? I eventually tried to regain custody of my daughter. I got in a relationship where the person saw something in me. I'm not quite sure what. And so I tried to calm myself down 
tried to regain custody of my daughter, but I legitimately lost my daughter and lost my mind. And we went to court and they saw that I wasn't fit no matter what I did, no matter how I straightened myself out. Um, I wasn't fit. So they took my daughter away from me. And at this time she was two and a half years old. Um, and they told me that I wasn't fit to be a mother. When somebody tells you a judge or through attorneys that you're not fit to be their mother, what went through your mind? I was hurt. Like, like I had any room to be hurt, but I was hurt. Um, I was a victim, so to speak. Um, I was like, how dare they? They don't know what I've been through. Um, he took her from me. He told me not to come back. I played the victim. You know what I mean? Like, he's the reason why I lived on the streets and I did all this. It's his fault. Had he not taken my daughter from me when he didn't even want her, I wouldn't have been on the streets. I'd be living my life, you know. I'd be the best McDonald's worker there ever was. <laughs> you had to become a victim because then that kind of rationalized in your head that you had an excuse. Exactly. It's not my fault I'm doing drugs. Exactly. It's not my fault I'm selling my body. It's not my fault I'm doing this. It's my ex's, yeah. ex's fault. Yep. Well, I'm going to take a break, and when we come back, I want to know what was the day that you quit becoming a victim and when life started going good for Jen. Mm. Okay. Spending time with God should be a good thing. It should be enjoyable, even exciting. But some people approach God with the wrong attitude. Sometimes people have a tendency to get what's called paranoid. Their misconceptions about God actually keep them from getting close to God. They're afraid God won't accept them because of their sin. You just stink to high hell. They think they'll be rejected because of their disobedience. You get some kind of pleasure out of not listening to me. They think God is so wise and intelligent that he'd just look down on them. The guy's a lamb chop short of a mixed grill. And when they dare bring the request to God, he won't be too enthused. This ain't no supermarket, boy. If this sounds familiar to you, then you've been listening to the devil. He's always trying to convince you that God is offended by you. But when Jesus died on the cross, he gave you access to God at any time, especially when you've sinned. So get rid of all those misconceptions God's a lot more friendly than you might think. I'd love to hear about other people's problems. And remember, when you blow it, the Bible says God is slow to anger and abundant in mercy. See, I think that's beautiful. Welcome back, listeners. In the studios is uh, Jen. Jen told you her story in the first part that she started drinking screwdrivers at the age of 11 in school, graduated up into drugs and meth. Am I leaving out anything? Everything. Every, <laughs> I did everything. As every, everything. Even selling your body? Yes, sir. Just so you could have a place to stay, a bed to sleep in, some food and some drug money. What's it take for you to say something's got to change or I'm going to die? Well, I graduated on to having two more kids. So I have three kids now and 
something happened. I got into a car accident. My daughter's always lived with her father. I got into a car accident that I could have killed my two little boys. One was 11 months old and one was five years old. And I was on my way to work and I had been up all night. I did like, I, I shot up a thousand dollars worth of crack that night. And I was on my way to work. My kids were in the car and when we wrecked, I knew at that, at that point, I didn't know what was watching me, but something was watching me. At that point, I didn't know God was watching me. But um, it took me coming to, um, and I went to Home of Grace. Um, well, DHS took my kids away that day. I got into a wreck. I, I lived through it. I had to have ankle replacement surgery. My boys didn't even have a scratch on them. Praise uh, God. And that's that's who that's who was watching me, you know. Um, I found out later, later on, um, our neighbor, uh, her, her husband came up and tried to take my kids back to my ex who was still high at the house and the police was going to let him and he didn't answer the door. If he would answer the door, I would have never had to get sober. I would have never had to do anything. But again, that's a God bump in my life. God was there. God made sure that door didn't answer. So I went on to get sober. So I had to go through the DHS. I had to go through the courts and everything. I'm grateful for that today. Then I wasn't. At that point, again, I blamed the courts. How dare you take my kids away? How dare you do this to me? How dare you? And um, I went to the home of grace. I got kicked out because I wasn't ready. I wasn't doing it for me. And then um, I went to my second rehab. And in my second rehab, I went in there really high because I wasn't ready. And about two weeks in, I finally looked up and I said, help me. That's all I could get out of my mouth. And Who I, were you talking to? God. God. I knew that's where I had to go. I had enough in me, enough God in me from growing up, enough God in me from the home of grace, enough God in me from my mama to ask for help. My second rehab, I asked for help and I called my mom and I said, please, mama, I've asked God for help and I'm asking you. And when I got out of that treatment, my mama was willing to help me as long as I was willing to help myself. And I had to let go of all my past people, places, and things. That is an important point to bring up that sometimes we have to be in a position in life where we literally hit bottom and there is nothing left in life but to raise up our hands, surrender, and say, God, help me. Mm-hmm. Now, that was a beginning in your life. And how many years ago was that? That was December 2013. And now, eight years, you're doing good. I spent my first Christmas in rehab. Small things matter to me. Like, I've had the same phone number now for, <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people have had the same number for 20 years. I've had the same phone number for six years. I had the same job for seven and a half years. I mean, seven years going on seven years in February. You know, like I've never been able to hold down a job. So you've got stability job. now in your life. <laughs> That's there you go. That's the word I was looking for. Stability. I have people that I can call that are my friends that are my real friends. They don't want anything from me. You know what I mean? Used to, if I called somebody, they were like, well, what you got to offer? You know, now these people love me just because I'm me. The same people. DHS, um, all them people that took my kids away now gave me a kid. I've, um, I'm in the, in the motions of adopting a, a two year old baby right now. That's great news. I love to hear that. Let me ask you something. Your mama is a big supporter Mm. of you. 
there's some mamas listening right now that has a child that has uh, strayed and into drugs, alcohol, all kinds of stuff. What advice can you give that mom? How do they hang in there? How do they have faith? Pray. Oh, pray. Because that's all my mama could do. The more my mama tried to push me, she still has a child out there in addiction herself. Bless her. And she's had to learn that the don't enable. Because if they say they want money for this or money for that, you're just going to enable them. You've got to give tough love and pray and trust in God because God's the only thing that's got me through everything. God's the only thing that's got my mama through every day. She's been alive today because it's hard on her. Um, have faith. And if you need um, if you need a group or a program, there's many out there for parents, for loved ones that will help you through. I promise. If you need help with that, I'm here. It seems like, Jen, a lot of people nowadays with all the stuff going on, the virus, losing jobs, shutdowns here and there, a lot of people are turning to drugs and alcohol because they don't want to deal with reality. What would you tell someone that might be listening that's dealing with that? The worst thing to do is not deal with reality because then when it like that's what I did. I didn't want to deal with the reality of not being a good mom or not, be, you know, not being good enough for anybody. And then when you have to deal with reality, once all that, it sucks even more. Uh, I'm sorry, but it does. And, yeah, and no, you know I what agree. I mean? So dealing with reality is now like my, one of my favorite things is like, I have feelings today. You know, I've never had that before. I love it. So I suggest find, you know, find a program that works for you. Um, one of my top things is pray. I prayed on the way here. I pray about everything that I can't deal with. If I can't deal with it, he can. Amen. And prayer is our conversation with God. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell people a lot that, you know, you don't have to, be religious to pray. Just Mm-mm. open your mouth, have a dialogue. And what's important, I believe, is be honest with God. You can't fool God. He knows what's in your heart. So just pour out to God. And God is good, isn't he? Oh, all the time. All the time. And I promise you, you may ask for something, but he's going to give you what he wants you to have. Amen. You know what I mean? Like I ask, I just learned to ask for what I need, you know, what I like his will for me. Jen, I think it's like um, we have to get naked in front of God. Now, not physically naked, but we have to strip ourselves of pride of the things that are holding us back from becoming everything that God created us to be. What do you think? 100%. That pride will get you every time. Proverbs says pride comes before a fall. Mm-hmm. What's that nursery rhyme we sang uh, did in school? Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. (laughs) (laughs) Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. He had a great fall and not even the king's horses could put him together. But God can put us back together. He sure can. So what's life like for Jen today? Oh, my goodness. It's a blessing. I, um, I have found a relationship with a man that loves God as much as he loves, you know, himself and me and my kids and his kids. Um, I have the bestest of friends. I have a family. I work a program that's brought the spirituality out in me. Not only do I go to an amazing church, me and my mother are best friends, along with me and my daughter are best friends. She came back home to live with me by her choice um, when she was 15. 
and now she's fixing to be 22 on Sunday. Um, I, I couldn't ask for anything better. And every time I pray, God, your will, not mine, be done. It works out perfect. God can take the bad in our life and turn it into good Mm -hmm. and restore the things that we've lost. It sounds like what you just said, that that was just validated by what's happening in your life. Most definitely. Most definitely. Is this a great time to be alive and trusting God? Oh, definitely. I start. Oh, one more thing. I start school at USM. Monday. I never thought I'd be 41 going back to school. Wow. 41. And uh, you just need to get some gold and black next time you come in here. (laughs) USM. Okay, Jen, there's a listener right now that is just at the end of their rope. They see no hope. They see no optimism. They see nothing in life that is good for them from God. What would you tell that person? Hmm. I've been there. I've been there. I, you know, I've been at the end of my rope before too. And I didn't think, I thought that everything I've been at the end of my rope in my best days of sobriety because I'm a, I'm, I'm a mother, you know, and I'm trying to take care of somebody else's kid and, you know, don't ever give up. You're never alone. I can guarantee you that there's people out there that want to love you until you can love yourself again. I'm one of those people and I don't even know you. If you ever need somebody, I'm here for you um, until you can learn to love God or you can learn to love me. And if you don't believe in God, just believe that I believe because I promise you, I didn't believe in God for a long time until I saw that he was saving my life and many others just like me. And if you ever need somebody, I promise you I'm here. Wow. That's so well put. Um, The title of this show is called get the hell out of your life. I love so, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how does a person get the hell out of their life? With God. With God. <laughs> 100% prayer. Start with prayer. I had to learn the difference in prayer and meditation. And I well, I had to learn my idea of the difference in prayer and meditation and I learned when you meditate, you're sitting there. I mean, when you pray, you ask God. And when you meditate is um now this is just my idea. This is no book written thing. When I meditate is when I'm sitting still and I'm listening for his answers. Oh, that's that's good. So does God answer your prayer? Mm-hmm. Not and- exactly in my ways that I, sometimes I'd be like asking him for things and he'll answer them exactly how he knows I need them. Wow. Well, listen, you're doing great. I appreciate you. Why would you come in and be so transparent and tell so much about yourself? Why? Share your story. Because that's what God wants out of honesty. I know he saved my life and my two little boys' lives that day, and it took me a long time to realize that it wasn't for my selfish needs. It was so I could do this and tell people that there is a God out there and that if they would just give him a shot, look, give him six months, give him six months, give sobriety six months, give a new life six months. And if six months, you truly give it six months, if it don't work in six months, go back to what you're doing. I promise it's still out there. Well, isn't that the truth? Well, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for coming by. And listeners, if uh, any of you want to get in touch with Jen, send me an email, ron at thepromoter.org, and I'll send it over to Jen. So, Jen, what's on the horizon? What's uh, What do you see yourself doing a year, two, three years from now? I'm going to be a drug addiction counselor. Wow. That's, that's a- what I'm going to USM for. I already got my associate's degree. 
So, you know, that's very interesting. So your past experiences are now going to help you with somebody that's dealing with drug issues. 100%. Wow, that's awesome. Well, thank you for coming by. You look great. Keep thank up you. the good work. Keep telling people, keep promoting God just like that's me. All I can hey, do. hey, I'm, yeah. Uh, I'll have to have you back. You're a great promoter. Thank you. I'd love to come back. What a testimony of God's goodness. A lady that at one time sold her body for drugs, and today she's on fire promoting the goodness of God. Prayer was her number one advice. Pray, pray, pray. You've got struggles? Well, pray. Struggles? Pray again. Keep praying because God has an answer for you. You also have to be willing to strip naked in front of God. And what I mean is strip off the self-righteous attitude or the I can't do this attitude or the nervousness, the anxiety, the fear, and just bear your soul in front of God and use the one word that Jen used, help. God hears the help. He will never come into our life until we say Help me, God. Friends, this is your time. Has Jen said she believes in you even if you don't believe in God and you don't believe in yourself? She believes in you. I believe in you. So today be committed to make a change in your life and live the abundant life and get excited about life again. You have Jen's testimony, what God did for her, You've heard my testimony, what God did for me. God has no favorites. He wants to work in your life today. This is your time to get naked, but not afraid. Ron will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. We want to encourage you today with God's promise to you. It comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's God's promise to you when you choose to commit your plans and future to Him. Now, back to Ron. Well, friends, my time is up. I pray that you were encouraged, empowered, and inspired, and I know somebody listening is going to have a breakthrough. And remember this, when you get naked in front of God and bear your soul and show Him that you mean business, that you need a breakthrough, God will show up and show off in your life. The best thing he does is he will love the hell right out of your life and will show you your God-given destiny. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. 
Real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope. 